0: May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So can you imagine the conversation that might have taken place earlier that night in our gospel lesson? What are you doing? The first girl asked. Oh, just packing some oil in case he's late, replied the second. Why bother? The bridegroom will get there at sunset. That's tradition. The first assured her. But what if he's late? What if he's held up where traffic's bad? The party won't start without him, so he won't be in a huge hurry if something goes wrong, the second countered. And where am I supposed to put an extra flask of oil in this dress? Don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. You'll see. Now come on. We still need to meet up with the others, the first said as she rushed out the room. I'll be right there, the second replied, before grabbing the small flask of oil and slipping it in her purse. Okay, maybe so it wouldn't have happened exactly like that, but you get the point. Some of them were ready for the unexpected. Some of them were prepared for what might come and some weren't. There are often many factors that contribute to our daily decisions. Convenience, public opinion, greed, vanity, you name it. And though we try to live as the five wise virgins, but we still seem to fall asleep from time to time, as they did while waiting for the bridegroom's arrival. Verse 5 says, They all became drowsy and slept. If it hadn't been for the well-timed cry of someone saying the bridegroom was approaching, even the five who had thought ahead would have missed the festivities. So when this parable was first spoken by Jesus we can assume that it was meant as a warning to early Christians who thought Christ would be returning quickly. Matthew is telling them that the return of the Lord may be delayed slightly longer than they were expecting, and that they should therefore prepare for the long wait by making sure that they would not neglect the flame of their lamps, that they should continue to fuel their faith and not coast on previous accomplishments or empty traditions, thinking that that would be enough. This message, however, is still very, very relevant for us today as we approach the final Sunday of the church year, we are invited through the readings to contemplate the end, the end of our lives and the end of the world. We are reminded that the way to prepare for the end is not to live in fear and anxiety nor to go after prophets and visionaries that claim to have access to God's secret calendar of how and when the world will end but also it's not to rest on our laurels and get fat and lazy as we wait so what is it telling us then well the breakdown of the parables as follows the bridegroom is Christ the bride is the church as stated in revelation 22 The ten bridesmaids are the members of that church, those who claim to be Christians, so us. The flames that the lamps produce, which all the bridesmaids had, represent the faith which all Christians have. The oil, which some of them had ample amounts of and others didn't, would then represent the substance that fuels our faith. It is this that God encourages us to keep a ready supply of. Now, while I was writing this sermon, a song kept playing constantly in my head. Maybe it's playing in yours, too. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Now, I'm sure all of you have heard that one at least once or twice in your lives, bringing to your mind times of sitting around a campfire or maybe Sunday school. But this song, as simple as it may be, mentions two very important aspects of this parable. First, that the fuel for our flame of faith, the oil is something given to us by God. Give me oil in my lamp. It's not something that we can produce ourselves, but something that we must be given. And the second thing that struck me that they caught on to here was the wounding. Give me oil on my lamp, keep me burning, not keep it burning. This fire should be visible, not in us, but on us, everywhere we go. And in everything we do, people should see this flame, since we ourselves are the flame. The fire the oil feeds is the one that Jesus Christ himself planted within us through the work of the Holy Spirit, the fire of faith. And this faith should be visible to everyone as part of who we are, not just what we do once a week. But what kind of fuel can feed such a fire? Well, first, let's look at what the fuel feeds. It feeds our flame of faith. And what is this flame, excuse me, and what is it that this flame produces? Well, when talking about this fire, Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospel of Matthew, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So the flame produces light. What is this flame of faith all about, then? What makes it shine so bright? What produces these good works? Well, St. Paul tells us that in 2 Corinthians as well. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And how has he done this? How has he given us and continues to feed this faith? Through the knowledge, the teachings of his son, Jesus Christ. St. Paul explains this also in the letter to the Romans. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But knowing that we're physical beings, along with his word, God has also attached his very word of life to physical elements in order to help us grasp it even more clearly. And we call them the sacraments here in the Lutheran Church. Baptism, absolution, and the Lord's Supper. So what is this fuel that keeps our flame of faith burning brightly? Well, it seems to be the means of grace. The very word of God and the promises that God has attached this word to in order to deliver his gift of forgiveness, life and salvation to us. The means of grace were given to us as the means to fuel our faith, to bring us and keep us close to him and to prepare us for whatever life may throw at us while we await his return be prepared that was the motto i repeated every weekly meeting when i was with the boy scouts it always it was always a good thing to keep in mind my my mother had a similar motto better safe than sorry but that one isn't quite as catchy even if it's you know the same idea jesus told us that the son of man will come back on the last day as we heard in our epistle lesson for today to judge the living and the dead How and when it will be, though, we don't know. And that's why we need to be prepared. How, then, is the wise Christian to prepare for the end times? That's what Jesus' words today are talking about. The best way to prepare for the end is to follow the example of the wise virgins. The wise virgins took enough oil to keep their lamps burning. In the same way, we should regularly study his Word and receive his sacraments, to keep our flame burning brightly too. This will help us to daily live our faith, keeping our flame burning brightly. Faith is not merely a a weekly routine of visiting the church Sunday morning, or Saturday morning as the case may be here, and checking off the box in surveys that say Christian. The living for Christ is is a daily event It's an hourly commitment. It's a constant frame of mind. That is the best way to keep ourselves ready and prepared for the Lord, no matter when the Lord chooses to come. Regularly, regular reception of his gifts of forgiveness through the absolution and the forgiveness offered through our baptism. Regular reception of the Lord's Supper for that same forgiveness and strengthening of faith regular Bible reading and personal devotions at home, making time every day for God, every day of our lives, in order to allow the Holy Spirit to keep that fire burning in us and not to put a bowl over our flame and pretend we're not. But we don't do this perfectly. And often, yes, we do choose ourselves over God, don't we? But the point of this parable was not to discourage, but rather it was to encourage us to be ready and prepared. It was not spoken to make us feel as though we needed to be flawless. As I mentioned before, even the five wise virgins fell asleep while they waited. So yes, while we should strive to be prepared, we will fail. God knows we aren't perfect which is why he sent his son. It was through his coming to us here on earth, dressed in human flesh, that made it all possible. He did what we could not. He stayed up all night. He did not fall asleep. He did not sin or turn from God in any way. And then he called out from the cross on Calvary that it was finished. The price had been paid. The means for our heavenly acceptance had been assured we are blessed that jesus christ the bridegroom of his bride the church here on earth now sends out his messengers before him proclaiming this blessed feat and reminding us of his imminent arrival he has placed us in his church where we receive these gifts and hear that proclamation week after week and remind us to stay awake throughout And so through word and sacrament ministry, he regularly provides us with the very means of our salvation. Waking us up, strengthening our faith through the forgiveness of our sins and equipping us for his return. So wake up and keep that fire burning with the blessed fuel that your God provides for you free of charge through his son. So that at his return, we too may sing Hosanna to the King of Kings with all of his faithful. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Mm-hmm. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Everlasting Father, grant that your people may remain faithful in receiving the oil that you provide for them in word and sacrament, that they may not be found lacking when the bridegroom returns to receive his bride, the church. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your church is a beacon of light to a dark and dying world. Help us, especially in times of political strife, to take refuge in you and trust that you are the only true source of authority in this world, and that it is you who has given out that authority to those who govern over us. Help us to be responsible citizens and loving our neighbors all around us. And be with our leaders, encouraging them to serve the people whom you have placed under their care, both in truth and in justice. We pray also for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine, Russia, Israel, and Palestine. At this time, as they currently live in open conflict and violence, be with them all in this time of trial and give them the comfort that you will never leave them nor forsake them. Should it be your will, make the fighting cease and bring them all to the knowledge of your Son and the eternal peace only he can offer. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, we give thanks for those who have served our nation through military service. Help us to honor their service by using our freedoms responsibly, that we may never lose sight and forget the price that has been paid in human lives for the peace that we enjoy here. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Lord, we pray that you would grant your help to all who are in need, especially those who are sick among us and in need of healing. We remember Helen, Anna Mae, Betty, Teresa, Vincent, Ruth, Sharon, Jacqueline, Margaret, Arvis, Sage, Sharon, Sharon, Michelle, George, Orville, Paul, Rose, Margaret, Dave, Reverend Ron, Reverend Robert, and for all those who we name now silently in our hearts. That they may receive healing, as you will, and that they may be strengthened and comforted in their afflictions. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of the Church, we give you thanks that you have not only established your church here on earth for the care of your sheep, but also that you have called pastors to care for them and administer your blessed gift, gifts of word and sacrament until that day that you return to gather us together in the blessed marriage feast to come. While we do lift up to you the ministry of all your pastors, we especially remember this morning, Pastor Hetzel, and ask that you would guide him as he deliberates on the call that you have extended to him through us to serve as our pastor. Be with his current congregation and with all of us as well, that we would all trust in your wisdom and not lose heart or be discouraged no matter his decision, but instead trust that you will always provide for our needs in this life lord in your mercy gracious father you give us the very body and blood of your son to eat and to drink under the simple elements of bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith grant that we receive this great gift of faith thank- with thankfulness and to our eternal benefit lord in your mercy God of our salvation, we know neither the day nor the hour of Christ's return, but we know that he has died and is risen again to open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Until that day, preserve us in faith and guard us from temptation. Do not let us be caught unprepared for his coming. Let let us live our days in loving service and joyful expectation of the life of the world to come through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as the offering is collected.